Our reading today is Begin by Brendan Kennelly. Begin again to the summoning birds, to the sight of light at the window. Begin to the roar of morning traffic all along Pembroke Road. Every beginning is a promise born in light and dying in dark. Determination and exaltation of springtime flowering the way to work. Begin to the pageant of queuing girls, the arrogant loneliness of swans in the canal. Bridges linking the past and the future, old friends passing through with us still. Begin to the loneliness that cannot end, since it happened, since it perhaps is what makes us begin. Begin to wonder at unknown faces, at crying birds in the sudden rain, at branches stark in the willing sunlight, at seagulls foraging for bread, at couples sharing a sunny secret alone together while making good. Though we live in a world that dreams of ending, that always seems about to give in. Something that will not acknowledge. Conclusion insists that we forever begin. Thank you, Rachel. Something that will not acknowledge conclusion insists that we forever begin. How are you, my people? I've missed you. The last time that I was with you preaching was our last Sunday together in the sanctuary. March 15th, I think, 2020. Much has happened in that time. When we went into lockdown and we hoped that it would be short and it turned out not to be so short. And it turned out to be a whole lot more complicated than any of us had hoped or wished for. And here we are again. And now many of us may be feeling like we've done this before. Um, we're supposed to be in a different place now. And what we thought was going to happen in the beginning of the summer is, um, is uh, going backwards and not going forwards. And that's hard. It's hard to wait. It's hard to wait so long. It's hard to wait so long and not feel that fulfillment of hope or promise. Sometimes we don't realize how hard we are holding out for what we long for until it doesn't happen in the ways that we want. I have had a lot of opportunity to reflect on this. Um, 
about one year ago, my husband, uh, who's with us today, started developing uh, cardiac symptoms, which we spent many weeks trying to track down and going through all the testing and all the worry and nothing, 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 nothing. And then it seemed to get better. And then about, about the time of Advent, November, going into December, he started developing different symptoms, more symptoms, until by the time Christmas was over, he could barely get out of bed. A couple months later than that, after more testing, 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 trying to figure things out, we learned that he had post-acute COVID sequelae, long COVID. And we had no idea he'd ever had it. Completely asymptomatic. Um, had it sometime before November. It is August, 2021, and it is not better. Every day is different. Every day is frustrating. We are very fortunate in that we've been able to work around it, that we have not lost livelihood that we've not had to fear for the roof over our heads or for food or for children, um, but it's been hard. And I know that many of you have also had COVID or lost loved ones to COVID or know loved ones who are struggling with weeks, months of symptoms that change all the time and that make life hard to live. It's just hard to do the ordinary things. And I have had to dig really deeply in myself not to feel angry with my spouse when I feel tired and frustrated and just over it and remind myself It's that I'm angry about the illness. I'm angry about all the factors about it. I'm angry and disappointed and stressed that nothing feels like it's changing, even though intellectually I know millions of people have been vaccinated. Millions of people more need vaccination. Millions more people can't access vaccination through barrier or fear. It takes a lot to stop and to sit and to say, what am I really, really afraid of underneath all this? Well, my, I mean, my deepest fear is that within the confines of this house, that my husband will never get better or that he'll die, or that he'll get sick again. And I work in healthcare. I've been going to work at the hospital every day since then. Yes, I wear the same mask 
all week long to preserve our PPE supply. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay wearing the uncomfortable mask and the gown and going into a COVID room when it's needed. I'm not okay with people dying, with people suffering, with people not being able to be with those that they love. I'm not okay with so much of this. And I'm not okay with the escalation of different parties seeming to double down. In my work, I take care of a lot of staff, lots of staff. I look into thousands of pairs of eyes a day. I take care of lots of family members and I take care of a lot of patients. And one thing's for sure was we're not gonna agree on possibly much. There is much we agree on. We all love people. We all care for people. We all hope. And we're all kind of at the limits of what we've expected for ourselves. And none of us are operating at our best, right? Like, I feel this every day. Back in May, when Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly were our, were our guest musicians slash speakers, and Aubrey talked about prayer, we'd had a long conversation. And she said, is there a prayer that, you know, gets you in your frame of mind? Like before you get up and get into your car and drive to Lexington and do all the things and see all the people. And I said, yes, I stand in front of my closet and I say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know that any of this makes any kind of a difference. I don't know what the bleep I'm doing. But here I go. Here I go going to do the things the best way that I can. And if I can't do them the best way that I can, please let me do them an adequate way. Because I feel like I'm lowering my bar for the best that I can. We've had to lower our own bar a lot in our home and in, in the workings of our relationship here. And we just celebrated our fourth anniversary. And I thought half of our married life has been in pandemic. And I just feel more than a little bit resentful. But it's also given us a lot to reflect on and given us a lot to rethink. And it's true that for my husband, every day feels the same because he's here all day, mostly. Whereas my day feels the same to me because I'm in the hospital doing all the things with all the people and it feels like the same. 
we recognize a need to witness what this year has been, what this year has brought. And what we fear with this next year. Um, I've been revisiting a work called Promising Again by Herbert Anderson, which is about promising again in committed relationships. And he points out that at every life change in a committed relationship, in a marriage, in a family, wherever there's role change, wherever there's a contextual change, there is opportunity to promise again. Because the promises that we make to each other are not, as he says, frozen static contracts. They are evolving, they are living. So we promise differently, we adapt, we look at what's not working. We look at where the hurts are, where the disappointments are, where suddenly their spaces are. Kids go into the world, launch themselves or come home because of losing work or losing housing, or we find ourselves having to um, move in with relatives. We find ourselves um, trying to support families with multiple jobs. We find ourselves racking our brains when we ourselves feel like we have nothing left to give or to think with to find a different way, to find a better way. When we are operating from a deficit at baseline, it is really, really hard to reach out through that and to even have the bandwidth to hold the hurt or the fear or the sarcasm or the concerns for the ones that we love, let alone those that we don't especially like or even know. I have really struggled with this because um, I have my own frustrations and we just experienced a uh, a vaccine mandate at my place of employment that a lot of people were upset about. Um, and I have my own feelings about it. Like there is a path for those who cannot be vaccinated. And I want to recognize many people cannot be vaccinated um, or who don't want to be for differing reasons. But it's really critical for me in the middle of all my feelings to realize there are other reasons that folks 
haven't been vaccinated or, or often have fears that are so great that it's inhibited their abilities to even ask questions. Um, there are very thought-provoking articles in the New York Times this week about, we're asking the wrong questions. We are having the wrong arguments. What we really need to be doing is finding out what the barriers are, is to draw out the source of those fears, to find those barriers and invest in removing those barriers. It's very easy in many of the social contexts that this congregation lives in or comes from um, to say, well, I can see my pathway toward vaccination or not. But we often have no idea what other people need to go through and it has to do with childcare or misinformation certainly, or um, fears of having to take time off or lose work because you got sick. We have to be able to hold a space for all, all that is uncomfortable for us because the doubling down doesn't work. Anyone feeling virtuous or smug or just PO'd, it's not working, friends. It doesn't work in family and it doesn't work in marriage and it doesn't work in relationships and it doesn't work as human beings. We promise again, we covenant again with each other because we change because we are changed and changing and because our promises need to change with us. What has given me hope this week is a Christmas present that I, um, I apologize to the giver. I did not open until this week and it is a deck of spar cards, uh, simple tools, for better fights with your partner. And we thought, what are they trying to tell us? It says, don't panic. And this too shall pass. Uh, and take a deep breath. And it may take a bit of practice, but you'll get the hang of it. And I thought, oh, God, I hate fighting. Hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. And I thought, okay, maybe this will be like Uno because I really like Uno. So I shook these out and uh, it's not like Uno. There is no draw four. There's no wild card. There are four cards, four. And I thought, what kind of a game is this? But the whole point of the spar cards is not to agree point is to get you to be able to hold disagreement and to listen. So I flipped this over and it says, when conversations get heated, people stop listening and start interrupting, which escalates emotions and leads to wounding. Does that, does that sound like anybody I know? 
like every organization or group or institution I've ever been part of. When you feel like interrupting, pause. Think about what matches what you're feeling and nudge that card forward instead of speaking. The point here is not to agree. The more you train yourselves to be okay with dissonance, speak your truth and respect your partner's difference, the easier your negotiations will come. No matter what the road is ahead for you and your sparring partners, you are in fact on the same team. We are on the same team. Even when we disagree, even when we disagree bitterly, we are all in this together. We have in these four cards, agree. I have no agenda in agreeing now. We are allowed to discover our feelings as they come. Caution. I see, sense, or feel frustration or aggression from you, and I believe we can no longer hear each other. The trigger trainer. Accept. Hey, this is the one we all want. We want to be accepted. I accept you as you are. I feel lovingly. I'm sorry. I feel openness towards you. I forgive you. and disagree, right? My first reaction is, I don't want this card. Guess what? We both get to play this card. We all get to play this card. I disagree and that's okay. We're about to embark on a new kind of journey together and apart. Warning, do not attempt to bend your partner's will. Allow your partner to have their own truth no matter how challenging. Begin again when you've processed enough of this challenging destinies to move forward. I wish that I could say that this is what I practice every day. My excuse is I didn't open this box until now, but seriously, I wish I had opened them at Christmas time because life might've been different for the last eight months, but it's where we are now. I think that many of us have spent the last year and a half trying to live so far into the future with a fantasy of normal. And we really mean our normal, what feels normal and comfortable to us. I just want things to be normal again. I just want things to be the way that they were. And they're different because we're different. It's understandable to crave that, but when you live too far into the future, you don't live in your present. Living deeply, authentically, lovingly in the present means being able to hold both the past and the future but not clutch them. To hold them and have room for all those that we disagree with, all those that we're afraid to disagree with, all those that we fear judgment from 
or four, we're not in the same place that we were and we're not starting over again. We are in fact expanding. There's much that is good. There is much that is hopeful. We can do this. We are in this, all of us together because we share this common life together. And all of our work and all of our dreams, everything that we do in this holy place and in the places to which we bring our love and our joy and our listening will be the better for being able to disagree and to accept and to caution and to learn our triggers, but more than anything to say, you sound really worried about that. Tell me about it. How can I help ease your mind? What do you need? What do you need to make this happen? Because I care about you. I love you. I want you to be happy and healthy because we are part of each other. Starting all over again is good. We renew, we recommit, we recovenant, we rejoin and we make our ties stronger. Blessed be and amen.